tests. There we go. Never done this before. <laughs> uh, I first wanted to start off and talk about, you know, everybody. I've shared some stuff with Clay and I've shared some stuff with Mark and all kinds of, you know, real stuff, real stories. And Mark talks about stories. He told about his story about being in the van and the girl passed him up and that really touched him. You know, we get so wrapped up in Facebook and stuff. And when we're talking about stories, we're not talking about your Facebook posts. We're not talking about, oh, the OU, they're going to the championship game. Nobody, well, I guess they do make movies about that. But the real movies that we love to watch are the ones with drama and pain and suffering and people pulling through. And anyway, I want to start it off. I wanted to show a little clip of a movie I like. To me, that just kind of shows that, you know, God's put something special on every one of us. And I mean real special, whether it's if you've been through a divorce, you've been through something painful, you know, that's what movies are made of, and that's what real stories are, and that's where God does the most in us. You know, God don't... I went to I went to OU game a couple of weeks ago with my dad, and I loved it. I love my dad. I love going to OU games. But, you know, that's just the OU game. That's not where bonds are made. Bonds are made where I'm going through a depression in college. I come home, and I'm crying my eyes out because I'm afraid I'm going to go blind, and that's how, that's how I feel. I mean, I have a lot of fear in me. I have a lot of, you know, doubt, self-worth. But I come home, and I'm crying my eyes out at the table, and my dad comes up to me, and he's wondering, you know, if, anybody, if any of you know my dad, he's pretty down to earth. He don't, do, he don't do emotions. He don't do any of that. So he's coming up to me, and he... He lays his hands on me on my back and he knows something's wrong and he just comes over to the top of me, lays his hands on me and he prays and he prays and tells the devil to get out of me and just just speaks truth into my life and speaks to the evil spirits that are telling me all that stuff. And he says, get out in the name of Jesus. And I mean, that's my father, my strong daddy, worked at the prison, I mean, solid as a rock and he's just pouring his heart out. And I mean, that's the real stuff that we're looking for here. We don't meet, you know, me and Clay and Mark and them, we don't meet to talk about OU. We talk about, you know, crying your eyes out, that kind of stuff that means the world to us. And while I, before I get too deep, which I already did, I was going to tell a little story on my dad and kind of embarrassing, but he's not here. Uh, he tells a story when he was in high school. He moved here from Oklahoma City when he was about 16. So you got a 16-year-old high school kid, looks like John Travolta, got a dead gum full of beard, thicker than what I got now, and all the girls like him, all the guys are jealous of him because he's a new guy, you know, come from the city. He steals this girl, and this guy, he don't, he didn't appreciate it, to say the least. So this guy comes up to him, and he knows why he's mad. My dad's like, you know, get over it. She's mine now, whatever. So my dad's just sitting there, and this guy keeps just kind of looking at him, and he said, hey, Colehead. And he's telling me the story, and I'm like, Colehead? What the heck is a Colehead? And so I asked my dad that, and he said, I don't even know what it was. I just know I didn't like it. 
So I looked at him again. He said it a few more times, just kind of jawing back and forth. Daddy said, you call me Colehead one more time, and I am about to kick your rear, which he probably said something besides that. <laughs> he looks at him, got his hands in his pockets, and he's like, Colehead. And Daddy jumps up on him, bad, bad. <laughs> Hit him about four or five times before he got his hands out of his pockets, and they're going back like that. So that's the, that's the Daddy y'all know. But in my heart, I know there's something more. There's something deeper there. But I love my daddy. I, got, I was blessed to have a daddy and not just a father. But I'm not texting. I've got my notes on my phone. So, Yeah, but anyway, I wanted to show that film to show that there's something great in every one of us. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Ain't that right, Max? So God put something in there, and he wants to bring it out, whether it fits through playing the piano and singing Gabe. I'm glad you're here today. I was pretty upset. Y'all know that I kind of got upset when Scott left and, you know, it tore me up. I was pretty upset when Gabe left, too, because she came, and, you know, she was kind of rusty, and we brought her up, and now she's, like, professional. <laughs> and we're like, man, we just got you to, we got you to recording studio status, and now you're leaving us. So, but anyways, I appreciate you, Gabe. Uh, I'm going to tell just a few stories about me. Uh, for some reason, I guess it's because I'm, I act kind of cool, but everybody knows that I'm, you know, I'm pretty easy going. I don't get mad, and I don't get nervous until I do. I don't get mad until I do. So I'm going to tell a story about when I was in high school, and... I was in this guy's class. He stands about this tall. He's about this big around. And I'm sitting in my desk. I'm going to take this here. I'm sitting in my desk doing my work, which you're not going to believe this, but I was doing my work. <laughs> and, you know, I'm doing my thing. Next thing I know, the teacher comes up behind me, grabs me by the shirt, throws me in the floor. And so I get up, I get off the floor, I look at him which I'm looking down at him because he's tiny. You know, I wasn't big in high school, but I was pretty tall. I'm about the same size now. I'm like, what in the world did just happen? I mean, it blew my mind. I sat back down, like, okay, whatever that was. Go back to doing my work. <laughs> he makes one loop around the classroom, comes back, does it again, throws me in the floor. And I'm kind of getting a little irritated now. The first time was like, you know, whatever. Now I'm like, dude, let's cool it with that because that ain't going to fly. <laughs> I'm starting to get mad, which I don't get mad, like I said. So I sit back down. He makes another loop. I mean, by this time, you can probably tell I'm probably not doing my work now. I'm looking at him. He comes around. I, so I stand up. I'm like, all right, buddy, you ain't doing it again. So what does he do? That ticked him off when I called him out in front of everybody. He grabs me by the shirt, pins me up against the wall like that. I'm looking down at him. He's got me up like this. I'm looking down at him. I'm looking around. And now he's got me embarrassed. I'm not mad. I'm embarrassed. So I'm like, dude, if you do not let go of me, I'm about to pound you into the ground, literally. Because, I mean, in my mind, I got, all, I got every right in the world. He's picking on me. He's done forced me against the wall. I'm trapped. 
Well, he he wised up, I guess, because he let go. So anyway, I steam out. I'm like, I'm done with you. I'm never coming back to this class again. Well, Dylan Durbin, Tyler Florence come after me. I'm going to see my Uncle Kellogg, who happens to be the dean of the school. And Dylan comes up to me and Tyler come up to me and they say, hey, whatever you do, do not tell him. I'm like, you are freaking crazy. So they're like, no, just don't tell on him. We got it made. We never did another project in that entire class, and we all got A's. So I mean, everything worked out for the best of those that love God according to a purpose, so it was all good. So anyway, I didn't understand why he just thought he could pick on me for no reason at all. And it seems to be some kind of theme in my life that people think that they can take advantage of me and I, they won't have any consequences. So I'm going to get you another story right here. I had a, had a little crush when I was in high school. At least might not know this story. But, uh, I also had a blue Dodge, which I thought it was pretty cool. We, we had open campus. Y'all don't know about that. But we got to go wherever we wanted, have all kind of fun, come back to school. It's all good in the hood. So I, I go out with my little crush. We're not a girlfriend or anything, but we're just, you know, I got a crush on her. Whatever. I come back to the parking lot. I'm sitting here in my Dodge. She's right here beside me, and I'm just trying to find a parking spot. Next thing I know, this guy comes right in front of me, stands right in front of my hood, Hits the hood and is like, what are you going to do? I lean my head out the window. I'm like, I'm about to run over your rear end is what I'm about to do. <laughs> so, of course, now he's got me embarrassed again. I'm like, what is? what do people think? That they're just going to embarrass me? You know, I'm like, tell me, y'all, y'all don't know about that. You're going to try to embarrass me in front of the girl that I like, which that's a whole different story. <laughs> If somebody tried to embarrass me in front of Elise or my daughter out there, it'll take it up a notch. You know, I can bullcrap all day. I'll let people make fun of me all day long. But you may you embarrass me in front of my family or in front of somebody that I like, yeah, ain't happening. So I pop it up in the drive. This guy's laughing. He's having a good old time because he's got me embarrassed and whatnot. So pop it up in the drive. I'm just going to scare him a little bit, so... I ease up on him. Well, I didn't realize that a Dodge has a little thing called, what's it called when it just goes? You don't press the gas. It's just going. <laughs> I never pressed the gas once. Moral of the story, I didn't press the gas. I run over this kid, bam! <laughs> I mean, flat down on the ground. He gets up, kind of stumbles. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get you. And I, See you. <laughs> so I go back, park my truck. I get into class because this dude's mad. <laughs> but anyway, another, just another idiot that thought he could bully me. And so I'm thinking, I just thought he was an idiot. But the more I got into this story here, the more I thought, you know, these bullies are real. I never got bullied until I did. And I got a <coughs> somebody I'm not close to, but somebody in my family, he really did get bullied. And I thought, you know, you just old-fashioned head in the toilet, throw your shoes in the toilet, $100 shoes, just ruin them. I'm like, 
dude, what in the world? How would you let somebody do that? And come to find out, he just couldn't do anything about it. It's too small and there's too many of them. So bullies, they'll come and they'll try to test you. I don't know why. I guess they try to test me because I'm what you call a pacifist. Like I said, you can do it to me all day long. I'm not going to do anything back to you until I do. <laughs> so, if you will, <laughs> we're going to... Actually, I want to start in Ephesians, and then we'll come back to where I want to go. So, pardon me, I never use a Bible. Well, kind of like Clay, I grabbed a Bible this morning, didn't know what I was doing, coming to church. So... <laughs> Uh, Ephesians 4.31 and this is the real story that I wanted to tell y'all this morning this is the one I told the guys I got 15 minutes already man I didn't think I'd last five so as y'all probably know I work up on the base do security these guys are morons. I mean, every single one of them. <coughs> They're all straight out of the military, infantry, which, if y'all ain't never been around infantry, they just talk. I mean, cuss, cuss back and forth. You're gay, you're this, you're this, whatever. And I hear, I've been listening to it for 10 years. I've been up there for 10 years <coughs> listening to this stuff. When I went up there, I was God's gift to earth. Wait, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was pretty straight-laced. I never never cussed and drank, didn't do anything. Well, you hang around those guys a little bit and you, they'll start rubbing off on you. So, Needless to say, I might have picked up a few cuss words along the way. So they're, they pick on me all the time, which is nothing. Like I said earlier, I can take some rib ribbon. They call me gay. They call me this. I got my earrings. Then, man, you talk about <laughs> upping it up, upping the notch. Anyway, so they're Picking on me, no big deal. I just usually blow them off. But anyway, about a month, two months ago, I had a supervisor. He's, he's what you call a bully. I mean, down, just straight bully. Pick on the guy that's not gonna do anything back to you. He knows I ain't gonna do anything back to him. I mean, they all know I'm a Christian, although I've learned to cuss a little bit, but they know I believe in God, and, you know. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So he comes up to me. One day he comes in. And I know more. He know more than comes in the door. I'm about to leave. And he starts in. I mean, no hello, no goodbye. Just, you're an idiot. I forget what he says. But basically, he just starts drilling me. I said, dude, you talk too much. Shut up. I go back to my dispatch spot. Sit down on the rail there, and that wasn't going to fly with him. He wasn't going to get told off by some skinny Christian. He comes in there. He starts in, you blankety blank, blank, blank. I don't even know what he's saying. I'm just, I got my hands crossed, looking off the other way. It ain't working for him. So what does he do? What does a bully do? They want a reaction out of you, and they want you to tell them, that they got that reaction somehow. But I got my friend over here. I got about five people in there. I'm just kind of laughing, you know, giving him the old brush your shoulder off, whatever. 
He, so he steps it up a notch. He comes over the top of me. I'm sitting on this reel. He's just screaming, screaming obscenities in my ear about this close to my ear. I mean, it's ringing when he gets done. And he's, he's not as big as Bubba, but he's a pretty big old boy. And needless to say, if we had to throw down, it wasn't going to work out for me. <laughs> so I finally said, dude, whatever, get out of here. So he didn't get his reaction. So what does he do? He takes a seat. He puts it in the middle of the dispatch room, sits down, looks at me. I hope one day I'll catch you and your wife and kids in Walmart so I can kill you in front of them. And I said, my words were, if I ever... Something to the effect of, if you ever think about it, I'll murder you. So it just stepped it up a notch. He got his reaction. He said, oh, okay. So you, this is what you want to do? You want to go? I said, we'll go right now. There's a camera in the dispatch office. So I said, let's just go outside right now. He done hacked me off. I said, I can take some picking on, but you don't touch my family. You don't touch those areas. So I said, let's do it. I don't care if you beat the living dog out of me, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to gouge your eyes out. I'm going to grab something. And I might lose the fight. And I would lose the fight. Like I said, Bubba, he'd kill me. <laughs> hey, ain't, nothing, ain't no doubt about it. But I'm going to hurt this guy one way or another. And we're going to lose our jobs. That's all. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to lose my job. You know, hacked me off pretty good. So he says, ah, you're, you're too big of a blank to go outside of me. So I said, all right, if that's what you want to do. Well, I leave. It's time for me to leave anyway. So I go get in my truck, my car. I go up to the front gate. And about halfway up to the front gate, I flashed my lights to the guy in front of me, my co-dispatcher. I said, made him pull over. He gets out. I said, what do you, what'd you think about that he said, man, I don't know how you held that. If he'd have done anything like that to me, I'd have been all over him. I said, well, I'm thinking about turning him in, which I'm not a snitch. I don't believe in telling on people, but like I said, I, I was pretty mad. I thought, well, I'm not letting it go. I'm going to get even with this guy. I go up to the front gate, and I get on the phone. I'm like, hey, let me talk to so-and-so. So they put him on the phone. Uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself up there because I'm just letting you know you will be talking to somebody about that. And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you didn't remember threatening to kill me in front of my wife and kids? No. He says, I never said that. You told me you were going to kill me. So I hang up the phone, go home, text my dad on the way home. Like I said, I love my daddy. I love my daddy. He said, I'm telling him, I'm sick of this guy. Blankety blank. I'm through with him. I go home. I'm in my bedroom with Elise, telling her about it. And needless to say, for some reason, I've turned into Jimmy Harwood. Every time I, anytime something comes up, I just burst out in tears for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was praying for Scott when he left, I started crying. I don't know. But Jimmy used to do that all the time. 
So I'm talking to my dad, and I'm talking to Elise, so I'm trying to figure out what to do with this guy, because I'm not letting it go without some kind of repercussions. My dad says, I just don't understand it. You just, he wouldn't just come up to you and do that. I said, no, that's exactly what happened. And I said, I should have just kicked his rear end. I said, you don't understand. People, they don't do that to you. They'll do it to me because they know that I won't fight back. And he says, he says, that's because I command respect. And I mean, that coming from your father, that hurt me. I'm like, okay, you command respect, but what about me? What about those people that don't? You know, I try to be pretty easy going. I like to laugh. I like to have fun. But yeah, I probably don't command respect. People don't feel like I'm going to come up and kick their rear end. So they kind of walk over me a little bit. So I told my dad, first time I ever cussed to my dad, I said, listen here, if you're telling me that you would have let that go in front of mama or me, or they say they're going to do something to you in Walmart, you're full of crap. And so I'm pretty, pretty fired up that time. Needless to say, I go I talk to the guys, talk to a little legal advice. Some Mark's wanting me to get a restraining order, so I thought about doing that and this and that. I said, no, I'm just going to turn into the company and see what they do with it. So I file a report. I file a, had all these guys write a statement of what really happened. And I want nothing less than his job. And I didn't care if I lost mine too, but I was wanting him fired. It comes out, well, Mr. Talley, we took it serious and we knew these things are serious, but uh, we're just gonna, we'll just forget it this time and he'll never do it again. He's really sorry, he'll never do it again. He wrote you an apology letter and I got that letter and it was just, it wasn't worth the paper it was printed on, <laughs> just full of nothing. So I go to my, the major, the real boss. He says, okay, we settled this, we took care of him, he'll never do it again. Basically, he got three, three days off with pay. He was on admin leave, so he got a vacation. I said, man, so I can threaten to kill somebody and y'all give me a vacation? Yeah. He said, well, we just, we want everybody, you, you want to keep your job? He wants to keep his job. We'll just all keep our jobs. He says, is that fine? Do you want to work here? I said, no, that's not fine. And no, maybe I don't want to work here. And I said, whatever, I'll leave the room. And what happens when you get bullied and what happens when you don't get your way and you don't get your vengeance is you get mad. And like I said, I don't get mad until I do. And I started talking to my buddy. I'm out for blood. I mean, I'm wanting to hurt this guy some way or another. I'm going to catch him in town. I'm going to run over him with my truck like I did the other guy or <laughs> something. I want this guy to feel some pain like he made me feel. And then what happens is I got a little bit of conviction. So we're going to go back to Ephesians where I said we're going to go. And it says, I'd read from mine, but it's the same thing, NIV. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Next. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as in Christ God forgave you. So we're going to go from there and we're going to go to Matthew. That right there kind of says, quit being mad and forgive that guy, is what I take out of it. Go to Matthew 6, verse 9. <coughs> so Jesus says, this is how you should pray. He's going to teach him how to pray. And he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts. Luke says, forgive us of our sins as we also forgive our sinners, people that sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. One more. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So Jesus just told them how to pray. And what does he say right after that? He didn't say. Now the very the best thing you can do is pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done. No. The first thing he says after the big prayer is, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your Father will also forgive you. But if you do not, your Father will not forgive your sins. And I kind of, I didn't realize that, that it was in the big prayer that you really, that's saying something to me that this is how we're supposed to pray, which means, you know, I guess we're supposed to pray like this all the time. So every time we say a prayer, we're supposed to forgive our enemies. That's not what we do, is it, Max? But I did feel that conviction. I went to Steve, my boss, and I said, hey, got a little convicted, I'm going to let it go. You know, I don't think it's right, I don't think you should have a supervisor that can bully somebody and get away with it, but I do believe in the Bible, and I do believe that we should forgive our sin, or people that sin against us, and pray for them. And I did pray for this guy, and I prayed for another guy that I just happened to not like. <laughs> so... <laughs> What happens next is I go back into dispatch and we got some guys, we're all fired up. We're gonna get some change out of this. The new company's been taking advantage of us. They took our money, they took this. They took about eight grand out of our pocket, by the way. So that's just a little something out there. So they're wanting me to stick it to the man, which I wanna do. And I told them, you know, forget it, I'm done. They're like, what are you talking about? You can't be done. We gotta, gotta get this guy. We gotta get him fired. You can't get, you can't let him get away with that. Then you set a precedence, and once you set a precedence, anybody can do anything. I said, man, Jesus said that we need to forgive our sinners, people that sin against us. And I got to tell that little phrase right there to about five or six or seven or however many people in this, I like to say, evil place where all they talk about is sex and cuss and this and that, I got to say the name of Jesus over and over and over as I told the next person the story. What happened in there? Man, Jesus says we need to forgive the people who sin against us. Man, Jesus, needs, he said that we need to forgive those people who sin against us. Pray for them. 
and they're all they're going crazy because they never heard anybody talk like that before. I guess, but it, when it comes down to it, y'all like y'all don't like wrestling, do you? WWE. You ever heard of that? Yeah. <laughs> you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He used to be a wrestler, and I'm gonna get this down because I'm gonna yell a little bit. <laughs> His character, he always had this thing. He'd call somebody out and he's trash talking him. He's trying, now what do you think about that? It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> so, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but I kind of, as I was preparing to tell my story, I'm trying to think of ways to, you know, fill in so I could last longer than five minutes. And it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what he did. It doesn't matter what he did. Jesus forgave him. I forgave him. Then what happened on the th with the thief on the cross? He told him, tell it to me, Max. The thief on the cross, he said, this is God. Remember me when you go into your, in, when you come into paradise. What did he say? God or Jesus. He said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, well, what did you do? What sin? Did you didn't confess your sin? It doesn't matter what he did, does it? Because Jesus forgave everybody. He died for everybody, even those people that want to punk you out, even those people that do you wrong, even those people that embarrass you. I don't like getting embarrassed. I don't know about y'all. I don't like getting embarrassed. I don't, I hate getting embarrassed in front of my family or somebody I like. But it doesn't matter what they do. Because Jesus done forgave them. I'm gonna, Clay, you wanna come up? I asked Clay to sing just a couple of verses. And I, don't, I know we don't do an invitation all the time, but I, I couldn't have a, I couldn't say something like that without giving you guys a chance to <coughs> pray for your enemies. That's hard. I mean, that's people done you wrong. That's kind of hard. But Jesus did it. He said to do it every time. That's what I read. I mean, that's how I took it. So he's going to talk about this. I mean, he's going to sing a little song about forgiveness. And if you got any enemies in your life, how about we just pray for them? And if you don't, God bless you. <laughs> I know this is unusual, and this time we here we don't have a, a pastor, and we're... Oh, okay. Um, but this room is full of stories like this. I mean, you guys, I talked about that a little bit last week. If we just sit down and told the things we were thankful for and how God worked in our lives, I mean, we'd be here forever. And that's just the things that he's done. It's not the things that he's going to do. And uh, to have the ability here in the freedom to have some people get up and share some testimonies like that of how God is, has worked in their lives and taken them from a place to a better place. Um, I don't know about you, but that encouraged me because you don't hear a lot of people get up and share some authentic stuff like that and, and, uh, and risk it a little bit to, to expose who they were and who God is trying to make them be. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Elise reminded me. 
in the midst of all this chaos that was going on at work, you know, it changed the way I was thinking. It, I was out for blood. Like I said, I was mad. I hated everybody. And instead of being my normal self, it changed the way I thought. I went into work thinking, if anybody looks at me wrong today, it's on. You know, and it took some of my joy. It took some of my happiness. And as I started to pray for them, some of that anger and some of that hate just floated away. God just kind of lifted it off of me. And come to find out, my cousin Kyle Granger calls me up one day. And like I, I told my boss, you know, maybe I don't want to work here anymore. And it just so happens that my cousin, he calls me up. He said, hey, I got a job for you if you want it. Just out of the blue. We never talked about it before. I said, man, you don't know how great that is to hear. Romans 8.28 says, everything works together for the good of those that love you and are called according to his purpose. Man, God worked through that, and he provided me a way out. He provided a new life for me and my family, and, man, we're just so thankful for it. And I appreciate you. Um, we get a, a unique opportunity today to uh, go across the street and uh, share a meal with uh, some people that are in a dark place right now. Um, I talked to the jail this morning. There's 40 people in there this morning, and they've spent, you know, a lot of them have spent Thanksgiving in there for whatever reason. And like Blake said this morning, that it doesn't matter. All they have to do is ask, and they'll receive it uh, from Christ. The only way they're going to know about that is if we share that love with him. So this morning, I'm going to pray, and we're going to be dismissed. Any of you guys that can stay and help, we'd appreciate it very much. You know, if it's just um, putting some ham on a plate or putting some desserts in a box, and these, we need some carriers to take it over there. And then a few guys, if you want to stay with me and go in there, if you haven't done that before, um, it'll break your heart and encourage you at the same time to get to go in there and, and uh, see the gratitude that they have just for a, a good warm meal and someone to, to just tell them that they care about them. So I know Michael shared a story a few weeks ago, uh, or a few months ago, about one of the guys out of the window. All they could see was the steeple of this church. And uh, we're here, and we're not, I mean, we don't need to be just a building across the street. We need to be the person there sharing Christ with them. So I'm going to pray, and if you guys can stay and help, we appreciate it. Lord, we come today just thanking you for this time you've given us just to um, reflect. God, using Blake's stories just to reflect on our own lives, God, those times that we felt those same emotions that he talked about this morning, God, and how... Um, we've reacted to those things, God, in ways that, that glorify you, God, and then also in ways that don't. God, I thank you that you, you forgive us in the times that we fail you, God, and that you give us um, over and over, God, opportunities just to share the love and joy that you can, the only you can give. God, I pray that uh, this morning as we prepare meals for the inmates across the street, God, that's the heart that we have in doing that, God. It's not just a, a good thing to check off the list, God, but it's a heartfelt expression of our love, God, and that love that comes from you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.